let's uh, please join me in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for everything that you have given to us the past week and, and this evening, this afternoon. Thank you for protecting us as we drove here. Thank you for providing this building, the songs that we sang, the message through Jared, the music from Jaden, Lord God. We thank you for all the things that you make possible for us in order for us to worship you in the way that you want us to. We thank you for your guidance to every worker in this church, for the Bible study that happened earlier, for the people that attended, for your workers that are in the background. We pray for them, Lord. We thank you for the privilege of being able to worship you and praise you with this people and this church that you chose for us. Now, Father, as we learn more about your word, we ask for your Holy Spirit to teach us. Open our minds, Lord God, and soften our hearts as you speak, Lord God, through me to your people. As they hear my voice, may they hear you and be convicted, be rebuked, be reminded, be encouraged, and be loved by your message, Father. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now please turn your Bibles over to Romans. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. Uh, if you have been paying attention, um, I have been using this verse for quite some time for all the, the messages. This has always been my anchor. Because it is the new series uh, it is the new year, and that is our, 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 my goal is to change us as God intends for us to change, which is in our thinking. Let me begin reading in Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is the word of the Lord. Now there's, there's the, in this verse, what jumps out for me are the words holy, and pleasing right now. You see it there? Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, automatically we become His. Amen? Praise God. No matter what errors and sins that we have um, accumulated throughout the years and have against Him, God has paid it all and we have become His. Now, if it, was, if it were God's purpose that after accepting him, we go to heaven right away, then that's what will happen, right? But the thing is, for most of us, the ones that are here right now, and the ones that are listening to this message and later on, that wasn't God's purpose for you, for us. When God saved us, he wanted us to what? Right there. To present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing. Because there's newness in Christ. 
Most of us, which is rightfully so, we enjoy the grace of God because that's how we got into the family, because of His grace. And we understand it and we embrace it and we love the fact that God has immeasurable grace, super grace. His grace is new every morning. His mercy and grace is new every morning. We love His love because His love is immeasurable as well. Right? That is Christian life. That is the beauty of, of Jesus. But the one thing, unfortunately, many times we forget the newness in Christ and what it means. We just know we're saved. We get it. We're saved. I love it. We're all saved through grace because of God's love. But then there, what happened to the newness in Christ? When there's that verse there as living sacrifices, Right there, as you have it in your Bibles, and it's now in the screen here, I want you guys to really focus on that. To offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Now, there's nothing that we can do to earn our salvation. But because of God saving us, and we're still, His purpose is still that we are living right now, we are to offer this, everything about us. Now, it's January, almost done with January for this year. How is your New Year's resolution about living for God been? Number one, how's your Bible journey been? Have you missed a day? That's fine. At least there's tomorrow, right? Or there's later on after the message. How's your prayer life? How's your obedience to God's commands? Now, there's nothing to obey for you, only a few, if you don't know God's command. Some of us, when we've become Christians, we just stuck with the grace and love of God, and we don't care about anything else that God has to say. Every other thing, all the other doctrines, we tend to just, ah, it's okay. I'm saved by grace now. I'm going to go to heaven. But right now, I'm going to be busy with my life. Now, that's not what God wants for us, right? Now, to follow up and copy Vince's strategy last Sunday, where he wanted us to focus, have our perspective, the point of view, which is the right thing. With this in mind and having this illustration, point of view, perspective. Have you been in the Arlington Park down here, downtown? Some of you? Yeah, yeah. Chris Newman probably plays there and... And uh, it's a beautiful park. It's a beautiful place to be in. You know, the river's there. The amphitheater is there. There's trees and gardens. Uh, the, the trees and, and the grass, I should say. Now, if you walk towards the direction of Idlewild Park, um, it's still quite gorgeous. You know, there, it has its own character about it. The old houses and the old buildings, a little bit of mo modern life, and then a little bit of the nature all together, and the expensive houses by the cliff, right? It, it, it's quite a scene there. But have you seen Arlington Park and Idlewild Park through the Arlington Towers? In the, other, in the highest floor of the Arlington Tower or the other condominiums in that, in that area? Now, if you happen to do that, if you happen to have access to that, you will look, go try to look at the same areas where you were walking in and you will see a different view you will see it for a different beauty because you're all of a sudden higher. 
Now, it's, it, it's still quite, it's, you know it's the same place, but it looks different. Now, if you've been on a plane, right? If you've been on a plane, have you been um, through, who has been through, I hope I don't get in trouble, uh, Neil Road. Who's been in Neil Road here? <laughs> Neil Road, right? I've been through Neil Road. I drive to Neil Road. Now, there's nothing wrong with Neil Road, but it's just not that pretty, right? But if, you, if you've been in the plane and you're sitting by the window and you happen to know where Neil Road is, go try to look at Neil Road from the plane. It's just a straight line and a bunch of boxes. Actually, everything about the city, from a high perspective, it just looks about just lines, it looks like just shapes, because that's all you can see. It's all little and tiny. What's the point? The point is, if we need to look at the newness of our lives and the way we, need to, the way we are to live, with the perspective of how God sees us. And how God sees us is that we are His living sacrifices. Now, if we are to live uh, as how God sees us, we are to concentrate on making our lives as living sacrifices. Now, what is sacrifice? We all know what sacrifice is. Denying of ourselves. Giving up of ourselves. Don't you agree? No. Maybe not. A little bit more convincing. For us believers, from God's point of view, because of His mercy that was offered through Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross, we are now viewed differently. We are now viewed beautiful and holy because we are all living in Christ. Sadly, oftentimes, after we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we mistakenly take the grace of God as a license to sin and stay in our sinful state. And we reason out this way, I'm only human. Now what happened to the newness in life? What happened with that? Now in your search for God, in your search for true love, in your New Year's resolution, in your search for a better relationship with your family, your spouse, your children, your parents, how are we to relate this, Romans 12, 1 to 2, to that search? 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. That's Romans 8, 7, actually. And then, and then uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. Focus on Romans 8, 7. When you read your Bible and when you hear a message, does it speak life to you? Does it convict you of the sin that, you're commit, that, that you are committing against God or have committed against God? And does it remind you and does it tell you to stop and start moving for God? Or does it, or does it sound like stupid things? Now, because if you are part of the world, everything about the Word of God doesn't, will not make sense to you. Now, if you are still living within your carnal state, the words of God will still also not make sense to you. So you have to ask. You and God know it best, right, on where you are in your relationship with Him. 
You and him, actually, he knows better than you because you could probably be lying to yourself and have believed your lie, right? So the newness of Christ, the viewpoint of God, making our lives a living sacrifice for him, how do we now see our lives and, and the search for love with all these in mind? Number one, and I think this is quite hard I'm looking at your faces. I, I, it seems like I'm not making sense. I'm, uh, or it's just me and my insecurity. <laughs> but uh, hopefully this will make sense. With all these as a backdrop for the point of God is holy. God is holy. We think when we say the popular thing that's always accepted by the world and most, sadly, most Christians. We just stick with this. God is love. There is nothing wrong with God is love because God is love. But sometimes we think when we say God is love, it just sticks there and nothing else about God. That's a mistake. There are a lot about God, about his character. And one thing doesn't cancel another. It actually, one thing about him confirms the other. Like his holiness. God's holiness affirms his love. Why? Because having a holy God forgive us, that makes him forgiving. Having a holy God giving his begotten son to die on the cross for us, makes him a loving God. A loving God that is holy cannot be with sin. That's why a loving God gave himself as payment for our sins. God is holy. Not popular anymore. Sometimes intentionally forgotten. Because holiness is not popular in our culture. Love you'll hear a lot of. Grace we'll hear a lot of. But holiness, oh, holiness, come on, man. You sound like, sound like a pastor. You sound like a legalistic pastor. You know, I know I've made it when I was called legalistic. I know I made it. I'm like, wow, I made it there. I made it to the, the, the part where a pastor will always sound legalistic. You know why? Because the pastor's job is to teach the word of God. And sometimes, unfortunately, it sounds legalistic. Because sometimes it sounds, it, it's like a list of do's and don'ts. Please don't, make, um, don't, don't take my message incorrectly. The only way for a person to be saved is by the grace of God through Christ Jesus. Amen? But it doesn't give us an excuse to stay in our sinful ways. God is love and God is holy. Here are some verses. There are many verses, but here are some verses. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain. For the Lord our God is holy. In, um, in, the, in Isaiah 6, 1-3, in the year of King Uzziah, the King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and, and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. What's the point, Pastor? What's the point? Why are we learning about God's holiness? Many points, right? 
But there are, here are the practical implications of God being holy. God being holy means he is absolutely pure. Amen? God is free from sin, free from moral evil, free from mistakes. That's why we place our total confidence in Jesus Christ, because only a sinless person could die and take the sins away of sinful people. Second point of God being holy, he is absolutely perfect. Everything about him is consistent. Everything about him is consistent. I wasn't done yet with the second point. Right? Everything about him is consistent. He never makes a mistake. The way he deals with the world and the way he deals with you and I are perfect. Somebody say amen. I don't know if I agree with it. I do agree with it, but I don't know if I like it. Right? His will is perfect. Psalm 77, 13. Your ways, O God, are holy. What God is so great as our God? Nobody. Nobody. Third point. God being holy means he is absolutely separate. God is set apart from us. God is eternal. Never had a beginning and will never have an end. Have an end. The scripture says in 1 Timothy 6.16 that God is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light whom no one has seen or can see. God is not what American culture perceives him to be. He is not a grandfatherly looking man with a robe on the shooting lightning and shooting lightning bolts everywhere. The way I saw God before was an old man with a stick. And then you make a mistake, he goes, Wah-pah. One more. Now one thing is for sure. The reality of God's holiness should lead us to respond, how? In worship and in reverence. God's holiness should bring us through worship and reverence. Let me ask you, do you revere God? Do you approach prayer time as a very reverent time for you? Do you see reading his word as a very important, holy moment for your life? You know, when Moses was going to approach God in that burning bush, he was told, remove your sandals because you are now on holy land. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened to the, the Christian church that we have watered down the holiness of God. I don't know what happened. I don't know why when I say that we need to serve God in reverence, I don't know why it doesn't seem to be sitting well. That it sounds so legalistic. I don't know when I say we need to live a holy life. I don't know why that seems like legalistic. Oh, you sound so legalistic, Pastor. Because it's not about good works. No. Why is it? That when we have to look at the Word of God, the Holy Word of God, and there are certain instructions here that's quite clear. It's black and white. And then we say, I don't know about that. It kind of sounds legalistic to me. One thing, the reality of God's holiness should lead us to respond in worship and reverence. The holiness of God should have a profound effect Profound effect on us. 
Our problem many times is that we know God is holy, but our lives, our lives do not reflect that we care. If God is holy, what did the Bible say? If I am holy, you are be holy. So believers must be holy. Here are the verses. Leviticus 11.45 For I am the Lord who brought you out from the land of Egypt to be your God. Thus you shall be holy, for I am holy. Speak to all the congregation of the sons of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. 1 Peter 1.16 Does the grace of God remove God's holiness? No. Thank you, Deacon Vince. It shouldn't. It doesn't. Because God is gracious, it doesn't make Him not holy. Because God is love, it doesn't make Him not holy. Sometimes we, we, we try to take one and we make that the most important thing about God, which is wrong. Because every character of God, every character traits of God, make Him God. One thing doesn't dissolve the other. Our God is holy. Are you holy? Well, pastor, I'm, I'm saved by grace. Like, no one is righteous, not even one. Nobody can, yes, I understand. Paul even said that. Paul said that. He recognizes that our lives all the way to heaven will be an up and down journey, up and down journey, up and down journey. But make no mistake about it, when you're down there, when you have fallen, you have to understand that you have sinned against a holy God. Amen? We have to understand that, but we can't stay there. But we have to, that's why confession to God and repentance to God is important. But if we have believed the lie that all these sins are acceptable to God anyway, then you will continue to live in your sinful ways. The moment that you have accepted the lie that there is no holiness needed for a believer is when you will continue to stumble and stay in your sin. Now knowing these things, that we are God's living sacrifice, that there is newness in us, that God is holy. And because He is holy, we are to serve Him, worship Him in reverence. And that he, since He is holy, we have to be holy. How does this apply to the searching for true love? Nothing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Joking. Everything. Everything. That's why I need a series. Because it's a long list of it. But how about this? How about the greater love? Before we get to the searching for true love, have you known of the greater love? Somebody's singing the greatest love of all in their minds right now. But there is a greater love, right? And the Bible described it to us. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. That's the greater love, a sacrificial love. Now we have 1 Corinthians 13 that says everything about what love is and what love isn't. And now here is the greater love. Now for those of you who are in search for love, let me just say, if you can't do this, then you're not ready for a true love. Now if you're looking, look for this. Is the person 
that you're eyeing on or praying about can actually lay down their life for you? A lot of divorces happen when somebody gets sick, when one of the spouses gets sick. When that person all of a sudden becomes a burden. Because what they were picturing was just they're going to be taking trips. They're going to be having babies. They're going to be buying properties. They're going to enjoy life or what the Hollywood movies have described it to be. But nobody said that somebody was going to get cancer. Now all of a sudden, the seven days, 24-7, I'm going to be taking care of you, washing you, feeding you, while nothing is going to be happening in my life. Greater love. You know, everybody forgets the vow in the marriage where it says, through sickness and through health. Everybody just can't wait for the kiss then they, that, doesn't, that doesn't make a, a, a portion of, in their hearts anymore. Through sickness and through health. Right? The search for true love. Search for true love. That's one of the... You know, if I, if I wasn't married, I'd probably still be looking for it too. You know? Because everybody wants to be loved. That's the point. Stop laughing, Jamie. It's the point, right? Everybody wants to be loved and everybody wants to love someone. And sometimes that is what, because that's how we are designed. That's how we are designed. We are designed by God to worship Him, number one. We are designed by God to be loving. Now, the search for true love. How about this? Are you still searching or have you found it? Now this must be the ultimate find for anyone searching for true love. This verse right here. Now for those of you who have accepted Jesus and are still looking for love from someone else other than God, maybe you haven't really realized the magnitude of this love right here. Maybe not. Because if you have found this love, this is the only love that truly matters. But I get it. To be fair, I really do get it. I get it. It's, it's as much as I get when snow has been around for the past three weeks. I totally get why we would want the sun, right? I actually totally get it. To a point, I paid for it. I paid. I paid. That's the beauty of God, right? Do you see how the power of God, in one place it's snowing, and in another place the sun is out, and everybody is just like too hot and complaining about it? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8 again, with having for John 3, 16 in mind. Look at this again. Now again, if you're looking for love, true love, look, if, the, if your person, your candidate has this, these, then you're in great shape. But if, if they don't have this, ask yourself, do I have this? Then you can become a great candidate if you have it. You see, guys, you need to look for a person that loves God. Loves God. 
Not the Hollywood love. Notebook was such a beautiful movie. Oh, yeah, I'm, uh, I get to watch those things because I have a wife and, and a daughter and a, a sister. Love never gives up. Love cares for others more than for self. You see this? Unselfish. Are you dating someone who's unselfish? Or are you praying for someone who is unselfish? That's a great start. Now, is God unselfish? Yes, he is. Now, does God give up? No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. God continues to speak to us, even though we don't want to listen. We come to church and we do something else. We text or we play with our, with our person that right next to us, or we go on our phone and go on our Facebook like, who, who can I listen to in my podcast here? God continues to speak to us in many ways. He speaks to us through our circumstances. If we're not paying attention, if we haven't been praying to him, he gives us snow and ice on the road. <laughs> then you're praying sincerely, Lord. <laughs> I know we haven't spoken for a while. <laughs> There's this big pile of ice here and I'm going down. Please stop this big truck on, my way, on the way here. Right? God continues to pursue us because he never gives up. God doesn't give up. You know, the one beautiful thing about it too, God doesn't keep score of the sins of others. He doesn't keep score. If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord, he has forgotten your sins. Now, he hasn't forgotten it the way I forget what your name is sometimes. But God chooses to forget. Now, if you are married and when you get into an argument, and you say, this happened yesterday. You haven't changed. This is the same thing that you did two months ago. We spoke about this three years ago. I, didn't I tell you about this? And now you did it again. We are to forget. And God doesn't remember it, right? Are you working on your relationship? Do you want to beautify your relationship? Are you searching for true love with your spouse? This is one thing. You need to let go of it. <laughs> I just made an eye contact with my wife there. <laughs> Letting go, forgetting. Forgetting that I forgot to say hello, you know. Love never dies. How come our love dies? Once they stop doing and they keep doing the thing that we hate and they stop doing the thing that we want them to do, all of a sudden, we don't love them anymore. All of a sudden, we start looking at the 1-800-DIVORCE-COURT. You know? <laughs> Why is that? But then we forget, especially us Christians, we are told to forgive as we have been forgiven. On your way to your search for true love, you have to also remember, are there people that you haven't forgiven in your life? Because you have to make the sacrifice. You're a living sacrifice serving a holy God. And we cannot, we cannot, we cannot minimize the truth about this. Now, for the children who longs for their parents' love and approval above God's, 
And for the parents who love their child or their children above God. Sometimes that is also the search for true love. That's another search for true love. Children looking, craving for that love and approval from their parents that they will never get or haven't been getting. And then some parents are idolizing their children. I will be there for them because they are my children. Even if they are violating God's command, I will be there with them. You know, the one thing that's really true, really true about God's holiness too, is that he cannot stand and be around sin. Yes, God is a loving God. God is a gracious God. But he cannot, he cannot be with sin and around sin. And one sin is idolizing other things, right? Worshipping other things above him. Even relationships. As noble as, it, as that is. You know, our, our Filipino culture, that is what we are. We love our family. Our, our, fam, our parents love us to death. They do. But this is what the Bible says about that. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Matthew 10, 37. Again, this is the ending for the New Year series, but a prelude to the love series that we're going to get into. We serve a holy God. We are our bodies. We are to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is our spiritual act of worship. And we are not to conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Romans 12, 1 to 2. Now this is really counterculture. Counterculture. I believe same with Shamin's culture. This is so counterculture. Because we love our families, and our families love us back, right? Some. <laughs> Sometimes. Here's the conclusion for tonight. Jesus is your true love. Here's the parable of the pearl of great price. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Matthew 13, 45 to 46. Once you truly see God's love and truly understands Jesus' love for you, once you get that and understand that truly and deeply, you know what true love is. You finally, if you've finally found, if you've been searching for true love and you have searched and searched and one thing that, that uh, haven't been revealed to you is Jesus' Jesus's love, then you will never find it. Because every other love in this world will fail you. And if you end up loving someone who doesn't love God, that person will fail you. That person will fail you. Just look at the, the divorce rate. Listen to your friends' stories, your co-workers. All those true love, the I, will, I, I love her, 
this will never die, just took 10 years, sometimes quicker. I've heard of 30 years and they get divorced because somebody gave up. Now, God's love never gives up, never gives up, and that's the true love. Once you found Jesus, which is your great price, you are more than willing to trade everything that you think you care about and love in this world. Have you done this act? Have you done this act in your hearts? And you know what? It is a process, right? It is a day after day after day, moment by moment. Every time we fail, we are to recognize that we failed. And then get up and, and say, Lord, you mean more to me. Your love for me means more to me than what I think I need from my spouse, than what I think I need from my children, than what I think I need or deserve from my parents, or what I think I can get from someone that I think is really special. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. And he found one pearl of great price. In our search for true love this new year, please be reminded to change your perspective, your point of view, in accordance to how God sees it. First of all, let your perspective be to look at yourself as someone holy, because your God is holy, then you too are holy. Now see, if you're dating another Christian, you are to view that person as holy. As God sees you, that relation must be holy. Now I'm going to get to this next topic next week, but then there's that purity. No sex outside marriage. You have to keep it pure. Sex is only done through within the marriage have your perspective through God's view in accordance and to his instructions through his word and then we recognize that God's holiness because of God's holiness we his people are to be holy ourselves and through our holiness through this holiness must be applied in our love for him and for each other amen Amen, amen. Thank you very much for your patience. That is our message tonight. Uh, as the music team make their way up here, I'd like to um, invite those of you who have not surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ, if you want to accept that true love from God, which is Jesus surrendering his life for you, please come up so we can lead you into that prayer. If you've been visiting us for quite some time and you'd like to be a part of this church, please come up so we can pray for you. And recognize you. If you just need prayer, please come up. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your message for us. We thank you for your patience with us. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for never giving up on us. We thank you for your holiness and the reminder that you are holy. And as a result, we are to be holy. We ask, Father, for your help. Let your Holy Spirit, Father, empower us to live a holy life that is pleasing to you, to see our lives as a living sacrifice. 
because you said that is our true and proper worship to live for you in a holy manner I pray for your people Lord God that have heard your message I pray for those who are searching for true love Father I pray that they will see this journey they will see it and take it with you I pray that you will give them your perspective I pray that they will trust you in the process I pray that they will trust your purity and your commands I pray that they will trust your perfectness Lord you don't make any mistake you are wise so I pray Father for them for them may they find that true love that you have for them and I pray for those of us who are married and have children I pray Father that um, we will continue to depend on our love our search of a perfect love through you because only you it only you can give perfect love may we Lord God be forgiving may we Lord God be patient and gracious as you are to us and I pray for those who are hurting father for those who are sick physically I pray for their healing please help them please help those who are in trouble I pray for broken relationships father God may you restore them and mend them and we pray father God that all these things we did today has been a pleasing aroma to you in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's all rise for the closing song.